1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms. In Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. If you would, as you're being seated, if you would, turn your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 22. Today's message is entitled, Getting Off Your Status Quo. You could also say, Getting Off Your Blessed Assurance. Amen. And what's that? Just ask your neighbor. Getting Off your status quo. Now I know that we've all been hibernating the last few days, which is okay, men, but now, now's the time to, to wake up and to be engaged. In days of fear and idolatry, we all understand the world being messed up, but how do any of God's people fall for this insanity? In good times, we don't stretch ourselves to believe God for enough. In good times, we act like the world. We talk like the world, we do what the world does, and then we wonder why we get the world's results. Why, during good times, did we not stretch ourselves to pay everything off? Then, the insanity in the world, the COVID insanity, the vaccine mandates, none of it would have been able to touch any of us, and we wouldn't care. And so, we have to evaluate and lift up our eyes and believe God for more. We have to evaluate and lift up our eyes and believe God for Him to empower us to do greater and to bring us to a place where the world cannot dictate what we do or how we live our lives. Today's message is getting off your status quo or your blessed assurance. And here are some quotes to inspire you. Michael Corda said, one way to keep momentum going is to constantly have greater goals. W. Clement Stone said, no matter how carefully you plan your goals, they will never be more than pipe dreams unless you pursue them with gusto. Jeffrey Abert said, the most important thing about goals is having one. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, we aim above the mark to hit the mark. Thomas Fuller said, he that would have fruit must climb the tree. And Jim Ron said, one of the amazing things we have been given as humans is the unquenchable desire to have dreams of a better life. 
the ability to establish goals to live out those dreams. Norman Vincent Peale said, all successful people have a goal. No one can get anywhere unless he knows where he wants to go or what he wants to be or do. He also said, anybody can do just about anything with themselves that he really wants to do and makes up his mind to do. We are all capable of greater things than we realize. We don't know who said this, but it's great. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every single time. Napoleon Hill said, there is one quality which one must possess to win, and that is definiteness of purpose, the knowledge of what one wants, and a burning desire to possess it. And Dr. Fred Price, who spoke for us in 2007 and 2009, he once said, hope sets your goal, but faith is the means you employ to get to your goal. He also said that faith keeps the ship afloat. You know, praise God for hope, but in all of our lives, we have to have more than hope. We have to have action. And that's why this series is entitled Taking Action Today for a Better Tomorrow. Now, in these messages, don't, don't be discouraged by anything. Self-evaluate, lift up your eyes, and evaluate what God would have you do. And in your life, in any area of life, what God has in store for you. And the better, the greater that he has in store for you, and then believe God to empower you to get there. 1 Samuel 22, beginning in verse 1, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. He was on the run from King Saul. Of course, David had been anointed as the next king of Israel, and David was blessed. David was favored. David was a success at everything that he did. And so Saul was jealous, and he was trying to kill him. So David was on the run. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented, anyone that was out of favor or didn't have favor with the king, all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their leader. Well, when we come to Christ, you read the Gospels. People came to Jesus in need. People came to Jesus bound. People came to Jesus bound by demons. People came to Jesus sick in their bodies. People came to Jesus lost. But once they came to Jesus that way, they did not stay that way. And so these men joined together with David, and they were in debt, and they were in distress, and they were discontented. But whatever place you're at in life today, whatever level you're at in life today, whatever the present situation or circumstances, you do not have to stay there. Things do not have to stay the same. And whatever the circumstances are, however lousy they may be, things with the help of God don't have to stay like that anymore. You can rise higher. In Christ, we find salvation, we find freedom, we find healing, we find hope, we find the empowerment of God, we find the blessing of the Lord. And over time, God empowers us to do what we never thought was possible. So, so don't be discouraged. Smile at your neighbor and say, don't be discouraged. 
smile at your other neighbor, say, don't be discouraged. And each of us, somebody could have just been saved in the last month. Somebody could have been in church their whole life and a fire never been lit. Doesn't matter. Don't, don't be discouraged. Lift up your eyes and believe God for greater. Lift up your eyes and say to yourself, God wants to do greater in me. God wants to do greater through me so I can be a blessing. And we, we say that all the time, that the purpose of our success, the purpose of our prosperity is so we can be a blessing. Because this life is not just about you or me or us. This life is about God and the family of God and the kingdom of God. And this life is about your family and your children and your grandchildren. And so God wants to empower you to succeed. Why? So you can be a blessing. God wants to empower you to have greater, to do greater, to be greater. Why? So you can be a blessing. And you might say, Austin, that, that seems like a lot to believe for. With God, all things are possible. And so in each of our lives, at whatever level you're at, you have to do like Abraham, lift up your eyes and believe God for more. I love what the pastor, he's since gone to be with the Lord. The pastor David Young, he chose, said that if he had been Abraham, he would have asked the Lord for a helicopter so he could have gone up higher and seen more and had more. It's perspective. It's attitude. We have to lift up our eyes and believe God for more and for greater. So all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their leader. But you don't have to stay like that. And they, by partnering their lives together with David and with the Lord, they didn't stay in that situation. There are, there are believers and they're of the mindset that they love the Lord, they're serving the Lord, but nothing's ever going to change. But that is not the gospel. The gospel is good news. And you don't have to stay in debt. You don't have to stay in distress. You don't have to stay discontented in any area of life. First Chronicles 29 and verse 4, in those days they were preparing for the building of the temple. And of course, it was David's desire to build a house for God. But David had been a man of war. And so the Lord told him, no, you're not going to build the temple. Your son is going to build the temple, even though that was David's desire. Yet he and his mighty men, they paid the way. They prepared the way. They paid the way for the building of the temple. In First Chronicles 29 and verse 4, King David gave 3,000 talents of gold, 7,000 talents of silver for the building of the temple, and that is the modern equivalent of about $6 billion. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around one man doing that, but that's what he gave. 3,000 talents of gold, 7,000 talents of silver for the building of the temple, and that is the modern equivalent of about $6 billion. In 1 Chronicles 29 and verses 6 and 7, David's mighty men and their families, they gave 5,000 talents of gold and 10,000 talents of silver for the building of the temple. And that is the modern equivalent of $10.4 billion. And again, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around because we have our situation. We have our circumstances, the needs, the concerns, the worries, and we're believing God for those needs, those concerns, and those worries. But I'm here to tell you today that God can take you to a place where those needs are met. Those concerns have been dealt with. Those worries have been dealt with. 
God can bring you to a place of victory. God can bring you to a place of more than enough. The, these men, they, they did not have the entire written, inspired Word of God. They just had things that had been written and inspired by the Holy Spirit up until their point in time. They did not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the constant indwelling of He who has the still small voice to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to help us, to speak to us, to give us wisdom. They did not have the new birth. They were not born again. They did not have the new covenant, which is better in every way. Yet, despite living in times of the old covenant, they did not stay in debt or in distress or discontented, but with the help of God, they came to a higher place in life. It's perspective. Tell your neighbor, say, it's perspective. Tell your other say, it's perspective. And it's so easy to get focused on what's going on in, in our life, our needs, our concerns, our worries. Nose to the grindstone, but God wants to do greater. He's the King of kings, He's the Lord of lords, and He can do greater in and through your life. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's about perspective. A few Sunday mornings ago, between the services, I was walking back to the sanctuary, and a young man approached me, he said he wanted to share a brief testimony with me. He's a young man in his early 20s. And he shared how just a few years ago in the young adults class, they were setting goals and setting objectives. And how in the young adults class, he said that, you know, in his early 20s, it would be his goal to make a certain amount of money. He told me what that was. And he smiled real big. He, said, he was very happy. He said, Austin, just a few years ago, that was my goal, to make that amount of money. But this past year, God empowered me to give that much money into the kingdom of God. And he was so happy rehearsing to me that just a few years ago, he had this goal to make a certain amount of money. But God had so blessed him, God had so increased him, he was not just making that, he was giving that. It's perspective. Smile at your neighbor and tell him it's perspective. Smile at your other neighbor and tell him it's perspective. And see, we, we get in our minds, well, if God could just bless me with a half a percentage increase every year, if God could just bless me with a percentage increase every year, if, if Congress could just find it in their hearts to keep sending us all stimulus payments, you, you got to lift up your eyes. Smile at your neighbor and say, lift up your eyes. Look at your other neighbor and say, lift up your eyes. See, God, God wants to do greater. He wants to do, as the Apostle Paul said, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, or imagine. And I use that young man as an example in his early 20s. And, and not to discourage you. I don't want you to leave discouraged. I want you to leave encouraged that in your life, in your home, in your family, in your circumstances, whatever you do, whatever God has gifted you to do, your business, your work, God wants to do greater. And he wants to do greater in you and through you. And he wants to do greater in 2022. Now, how did David and his men go from being in distress or in debt or discontented to giving? How did they go from that situation to giving the modern equivalent of $16.4 billion into the temple building fund? Well, I know they did virtual church in their pajamas. I said a few Sundays ago that everybody is doing exactly what they want to be doing. 
And we, we, are, we are living in days where we can see, we can see with our eyes what people actually believe. Because we're doers of what we actually believe. How did they go from being in distress or in debt or discontented to giving the modern equivalent of $16.4 billion into their temple building fund? I know they listened to people who discouraged them. Or they listened to a pastor or leader who was anti-success. Is that it? No. To move from being in distress or in debt or discontented to a higher place. As we said last Sunday, to move from being in debt or in distress or discontented to a higher place requires that you partner your life together with a purpose higher or greater than yourself. And that you develop, what well, we, we said Sunday, last Sunday, self-motivation, that you develop self-motivation, but you also develop success motivation. You know, we, we live in the, the me generation, people doing what makes them happy. And, th and that's why we live in a time where people don't think anything of making, uh, of breaking their marriage vows. They're doing what makes them happy. It's all about them, not about the husband or wife, not about the children, not about what's best for the family. We, we live in the, the me generation, but never before have people been so miserable. Never before have people been so unhappy and so, so depressed. So putting yourself first does not result in happiness. You got to have a higher purpose. And what greater purpose than the kingdom of God? What greater purpose than the family of God? What greater purpose than seeing others come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? What, what greater purpose than the sharing of the gospel and, and reaching the lost? You've heard Tiff Shuttlesworth share how the first time he came to Faith Christian Center, that first time he just spoke on a Sunday, but that being here and speaking on a Sunday, two services, he received the largest offering that he had ever received in decades of ministry. That's the purpose of our blessing. That's the purpose of our success. It is to be a blessing. You know, as a young man, I heard my parents share how when they were getting started out and my father was in seminary and they, they went and spoke for a church that there, there was no honorarium, there was no, no offering. It, it was a bag of canned vegetables. You, you can't do a whole lot with that. Amen. That's quiet. You can't do a whole lot with that. When Tim Shuttlesworth goes and travels to Alaska and he travels to people that have never been reached before to share the gospel, that takes money. You've heard him share how when he came and was with us again and did a series of meetings, a Sunday through a Wednesday, how it was the largest offering he'd ever received for a series of meetings, even though over the years he's spoken in bigger churches, bigger ministries. God has empowered us to be a blessing. But as much as God has empowered us to be a blessing, God wants to empower us to be a greater blessing. So you got to lift up your eyes. He wants to do more in you. He wants to do more through you. And you might say, Austin, well, given the situation, given the circumstances, there are all these factors. I don't see how, how God can do it. That's why you've got to be full of faith. And you got to duct tape the negative mouth and say what the Word of God says and believe God for greater and believe God to do more in you and through you. So to move to a higher place in life, whatever your present level or your present circumstances to go to a higher place, 
You have to partner your life together with a purpose higher than your own happiness. It just can't be about you. You have to develop self-motivation, and you have to develop success motivation. So from nothing, from rock bottom, from being in distress or in debt or discontented, David and his men gave the modern equivalent of $16.4 billion into the temple building fund. And they did that by partnering together with God. They did that by partnering together with David, the Lord's anointed. They partnered their lives together with a purpose greater than their own happiness or ambitions. They consecrated themselves to God. They consecrated themselves to the work of God. And yes, they, they were generous, and then over time, they became, they became wealthy. The setting of goals and the reaching of them will build faith into your heart and character and your life. Setting goals, reaching them, will build faith into your heart and character in your life. A few Sundays ago, I shared how when I was maybe in junior high, my father took me to run errands one day, and, and he took me to the bank that he used in those days and showed me where the safe deposit box was and how to access that and showed me what was in it. But he also showed me how in that safe deposit box he had a stack of index cards. And over the years he had on those index cards written down his goals and what he was believing God for. And he told me that not everything happened or came to pass as quickly as he wanted. But over time God brought every one of those goals, every one of those desires to pass. And that's why we, we've been saying that the key is to take action today for a better tomorrow. And may, maybe, maybe you don't get there by Tuesday or by Wednesday or by next month. But if you're taking action, you will eventually get to your goals. You will eventually get to a higher place. And sometimes we get discouraged or sometimes we think there's nothing we can't, we, nothing we can do so we don't take action. But if you don't take action or you take the wrong action, you'll never get there. And Satan's a master deceiver. And he's all about talking people into taking the wrong action or into taking no action whatsoever. You have to take action today for a better tomorrow. Why don't we say this? I have to take action today for a better tomorrow. So over time, setting goals and reaching them will build faith into your heart and character in your life. Say this, say, with the help of God, I'm going to set some goals. I'm going to set some faith goals, and I'm going to reach them. Now, people will share with us how that they didn't finish their education at a certain point, but they just stuck with it, took night classes, now online classes, and all the technology has made so many things possible that weren't possible before. You know, my, my father's father eventually became a, a Ford car dealer. He owned a, a share in a dealership, about 50%. And he, he did that despite never having gone to college in his day. In his day, there were no online classes. There was no online school. And so he, he felt a little insecure about it. So people would ask, where'd you go to college? And he, he wasn't saved, so he would lie. He, said, he would say, I went to the University of Tennessee. Well, you don't need to lie, amen? And maybe you can't do uh, 15 hours or 12 hours or 9 hours, but surely you can do one class. I said, surely you can do one class. Or maybe what you were gifted at has become passe. And no lo you can no longer make good money at whatever you were gifted at. Well, you can get training. 
You can go to school. You can get some kind of training to be a success at things that are needed today. And maybe you won't get there by next week or next month, but if you'll take the right action today, you'll have a better tomorrow. And that's God's will, that you have a better tomorrow. Now, I know religion denies this, but the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 8 that godliness is profitable. Godliness is profitable. In every area of life, if we'll do things God's way, we'll be better off than if we do things the world's way or if we do things Satan's way. And and the world, as I said, they're, they're putting themselves first. Me, 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 me. My happiness but, but they're not finding life that way. They're not finding hope that way. They're not finding joy that way. They're not finding salvation that way. Whereas the kingdom way is to partner your life together with the higher purpose, which is Matthew 6, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given or added unto you as well. Not that we'll do without. Not that we won't have clothes to wear and food and provisions. No, all these things will be added unto us. Godliness, God's way, it is profitable in every area of life. And God wants you to be a success. God wants you to be a success. And you might tomorrow morning as you're getting ready for work, have to look at yourself in the mirror and smile at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, God wants you to be a success. And he does that whatever you do, Whatever he has gifted you to do, he wants you to be a success. He not only wants you to be good at that, he wants you to be great at that. And through whatever you do, he wants to empower you and to enable you to be a blessing to others. Whoever you're working for, whoever you're helping, whoever you're assisting, whoever you're making a sell to, he wants you to be a success at whatever you do. As long as it's good, as long as it's godly, as long as it's righteous. Tell yourself, say, God wants me to be a success. And see, religion would make us feel bad for saying that. So you got to practice. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, telling yourself, God wants me to be a success. Before you make that sales call, tell yourself, God wants me to be a success. And God is going to give me success. Before, before you go to work on that project that people have said is difficult, that another team hasn't figured it out, God wants me to be a success. God wants me to have great success. And God wants you to prosper. He wants you to have more than enough. Why? So you can be a blessing. I gave the example of that young man, again, not to discourage anyone, but to encourage you. There, there's a young man in his mid-20s, but he is figured it out, that if he'll partner his life together with a higher purpose, if he'll, like Abraham, lift up his eyes and believe God, God will enable him, God will empower him to do greater than he ever thought possible. And God will bring him to a place where he is giving away what he once hoped to make. With God, all things are possible. Why don't we say that? Say, with God, all things are possible. In 1 Kings chapter 10, the queen of Sheba visited Solomon. And she she had heard of how God had blessed him and how God had blessed the kingdom of Israel and how Solomon was the wisest man on earth. And so she she visited. She wanted to hear his wisdom. And she brought a gift that was the modern equivalent of more than $400 million. In 1 Kings 10 and verse 8, how happy 
your men must be. That's what she said to Solomon. She said, how happy your men must be. Well, why were they happy? They were no longer in debt or in distress or discontented. Well, we, we teach on prayer. We teach on the verse, ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. We ought to understand and know how to receive from God. We ought to understand and know how faith works. Why? So if we're going to do this thing, we can get results. If we're going to pray, we get results, not just for ourselves, but for others, for those we love, for those in need. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So why do you have believers and they have no joy? Why, why do you have believers and they're always sad or they're always upset or they're always upset about something? Now, that's not normal. That's not the way it should be. We ought to have the joy of the Lord. And we ought to be happy. And why should we be happy? Because with God and with the help of God, we're coming from this place to a place that is a higher place, to a place of greater success. Why? Not, not just for ourselves, not just for our own needs, our own wants, but so that we can be what? So that we can be a blessing. And think about it. I use Tiff Shuttlesworth as an example because of the people that he goes and ministers true to. You know, at the beginning of this year, he was in Laredo. The, the stories that he tells of being in Laredo and the, that church in Laredo and the challenges they face there on the border, it would make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. People and families putting their lives at risk for the gospel. God wants to empower us to succeed so we can be a blessing, so we can be a greater blessing. That is the purpose of our prosperity, so we can be a blessing. But why does Satan not want Christians to be blessed? He wants Christians to have no ability to be a blessing. It is sad how beholden we are to the world. Yes, we can use technology to reach the lost only if Facebook says okay, only if YouTube says okay. We, we can be blessed and we can give money to help those that are standing up for freedom unless GoFundMe says no. Unless GoFundMe says we, we disagree. And not only, we're, we're only going to refund that money if you ask for it, but if not, we're going to redirect it to our pet causes. See, the, the wicked have no trouble believing and succeeding so they can fund wickedness. Well, why not lift up our eyes and believe that God wants to empower us to succeed so we can fund righteousness and so we can be a blessing, so that we can be a force of good in today's world. The purpose of our prosperity is so we can be a blessing. And Satan, he doesn't want Christians to be blessed, and the reason why is he doesn't want them to have the ability to be a blessing. The purpose of our prosperity is so we can be a blessing. And the more of the blessing we can be, the better. So we each have to lift up our eyes. We each have to believe God for more. We each have to believe God to empower us to do greater. So no more excuses. No more delays. In your life, in your circumstances, take responsibility. Set goals. Write them down. We quoted Habakkuk a few weeks ago. Write your goals down. Make them plain, then run with it. Run with the vision. Write them down. And you may not have, you know, we, we have a stainless steel refrigerator, so we, we can't tape things to it. And I'm not going to tape things to that. It's a nice refrigerator. Yeah. 
But Jessica will tell you, in our bathroom, on my mirror, I've got a set of goals and things we're believing God for taped up to that mirror. Find a place in your home where you have your goals written down. Make them plain. Write the vision down. Run with it. Set goals. Give God a reason to bless you. Give God a reason to make you a success. 1 John 5, beginning in verse 3, says, This is love for God, to obey His commands. And His commands are not burdensome for everyone. Born of God, overcome. Say, say I'm an overcomer. And why are you an overcomer? You're born again. You're in Christ. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. You're an overcomer. You may not feel like an overcomer, but you're, you're an overcomer. You might say, oh, Austin, I don't feel like much of an overcomer. You're an overcomer. If you're in Christ, you're an overcomer. Everyone. Say, say everyone. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Sometimes people that are new will ask, why do you always teach on faith or success or family or healing or finances? Well, after someone gives their life to Christ, those are the areas in which Satan attacks their body, their family, their finances. Well, when people are not happy, where is their trouble? In their home, their marriage, their family, their body, their finances. There is no reason to stay in defeat. There is no reason to stay in distress or in debt or discontented. Jesus quoting Isaiah in Luke 4 and verse 18 said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's the gospel. And the gospel is good news. If you're lost, you can be saved. If you're in debt, you don't have to remain in debt anymore. If you're bound, you can be free. If you're sick, you can be healed. That is the gospel. It is good news. And so like David's men, you don't have to stay in debt or in distress or discontented. And maybe you've moved beyond that. Like David's men, you do not have to stay at the level you're at. You can rise higher. Why? So you can be a greater blessing. A man or woman with the right heart, a man or woman with the heart of love, a man or woman who is not selfish will succeed so they can be a blessing to the kingdom of God. They'll succeed so they can be a blessing to their family and everyone around them and to those in need. Say, say this, say, with the help of God, I'm going to set faith goals and I'm going to reach them. And many young people today don't know these stories. They're learning about other things and they're not learning about the achievements of great men and women in the past. America's great industrialists were philanthropists. They were givers. John D. Rockefeller was a tither. When he gave his children their allowance, he reminded them 10% goes to the church, 10% goes into the bank for savings, and the rest was theirs. That training led their family into a heritage of generosity and service. J.C. Penney was the department store giant. He started out as a tither, giving the first 10% of his income to the church, paying taxes and then living on the rest. But as he made progress, he saw that he needed less and less to live on. The more blessed he became, he saw the less he needed to live on. So he set a goal. He would make enough money so he could give away 90% and live on the rest. By the time Mr. Penny reached the height of his success, he was giving away 90% 
and living on 10%. At that point, Mr. Penny said God was blessing him so much he could not outgive God. He said giving was one of the gifts whereby God had empowered him to faithfully serve. R.G. Letourneau started out tithing, and by the end of his life, like J.C. Penny, he was giving away 90%, living on the 10%. Someone might say that these men did all the giving they did because they were so wealthy, or were they so wealthy because of all the giving they did? It is perspective. These men gave God a reason to make them a success. R.G. Letourneau wrote, it's all right to give God credit, but he can use cash too. After he got saved, he was devoted to God. And he, he wrestled with not being a minister, not being in the ministry full time. And he felt guilty that he was a businessman. So he asked his pastor for advice. His pastor told him, God needs businessmen as well as preachers and missionaries. R.J. Letourneau wrote, those were the words that have guided my life ever since. Many men have the same mistaken idea I had of what it means to serve the Lord. My idea was that if a man was going all out for God, he would have to be a preacher or an evangelist or a missionary or what we call a full-time Christian worker. I didn't realize that a layman could serve the Lord as well as a preacher. And so that became the turning point of his life. He was uh, in great debt. He had been in the automobile garage business, and he had a lot of debt, and he had gone into the dirt moving business, but that was the turning point of his life. He was determined to be a businessman for God, and God gave him an idea, and then an idea, another idea, and lots of ideas. One invention after another in the dirt moving business. By 1959, after giving $10 million into the gospel, Letourneau was still worth some $40 million dollars. Now, that's in 1959 money. Let's bring that into $2,022. By 1959, in today's dollars, after giving $476 million into the gospel, he was still worth some $1.9 billion. It's perspective. Tell your neighbor, say, it's perspective. Now, think about that young man. So he sat in Sunday school a few years ago. They were setting goals, and he, he said that his goal was to make 50-something thousand dollars a year just a few years ago. But he stood here in the sanctuary a few weeks ago, and he was so happy. Why was he happy? Because God has made him a success. And he told me that God has so blessed him in what he does that he gave more than that away last year. It's perspective. Now, would he have more or have less making 50-something or being able to give 50-something away? Well, obviously he has more if he's able to give that away. See, see, it's, it's perspective. And so in all of our lives, what we have to do is lift up our eyes and, and realize that the creator of the heavens and the earth, he can empower us, he can enable us to do more, to do greater. He can bring you to the attention of someone that will realize the gifts, the talents, the abilities that you have. He can empower us. He can enable us to do more, to have more, to achieve more. Why? So we can be a greater blessing to the kingdom of God, to your family, to those in need. It is perspective. And it's also about love. Love for God, love for God's word, love for God's house, love for the lost, love for your family and children, love for those in need. Sir John Templeton, the great investor, once wrote, the more we give away, the more we have left. It's perspective. Smile at your other neighbor and say, it's perspective. And tell your other neighbor, say, it's attitude. 
Because there, there are people that e even if they won the lottery, they ain't giving nothing away. And that's why they're where they're at. It's the heart. And stewardship is about the heart. And that's why you've got to come to the place like David's men where you partner your life together with a higher purpose. This life is not just about us, our needs, our wants, our desires. This, this life is about the family of God and the kingdom of God and those who are lost and those who have never heard the gospel. And it's amazing how there, there are people and they're blessed, but they're not even a blessing to their own children. They don't have the heart of God. They don't have the, the love of God. So you've got to partner your life together with a higher purpose and develop self-motivation, success motivation. But not, it's not just lifting up your eyes. You have to take action today for a better tomorrow. You've heard my father tell the story of how in 1989 he was at prayer. And he was at prayer, but he wasn't praying. He was complaining. And the church in those days was week to week. And so he was complaining to the Lord about not having money. And the Lord didn't say, your miracle's on the way. The Lord didn't say, just wait a few more hours. FedEx is going to be there at 9 a.m. The Lord said, son, you never have any money because you never save any money. And so the Lord told him to save something every seven days, even if it was just a few dollars. And then later the Lord dealt with him about not just saving, but investing. Now, if my father had not obeyed, we would not be sitting in this room today. The church would not have this building today. The church would not have this property today. The church would not have what it has. Over the last decade or two, we would not have been able to do all that we've done. If my father had not listened and obeyed and taken action for a better tomorrow, he and my mom and our family would not have what we have. They would not have been able to do what they have done. So you've got, it's not just lifting up your eyes. You have to take action today for a better tomorrow. And what has God enabled us to do and the family to do and the church to do because of him listening and obeying and taking action for a better tomorrow? Well, over the 38 years the church has been in existence, the church has given away more than $12.4 million, more than 12% of its donated income. Now, before 2017, that percentage was 20%. But with raising the five-plus million dollars to pay the building off, pay everything off, that drove that percentage down. But now that everything's paid off, we're going to get that percentage back up over 20% quickly. But see, what, what if a businessman or businesswoman had that vision? Or 10 businessmen or 10 businesswomen or 100 businessmen or businesswomen? There's a man in the church, and as part of the vision for his business, Part of the vision is funding the kingdom of God. And it's a challenge to find people with a success mentality in today's culture. And so he has to go through a lot of people to find qualified candidates. But sometimes even a qualified candidate will get into the room and see the vision board and find out that part of the vision of the business is giving money away. And they think, I don't want to be a part of that. And that's why they're where they're at. But it's a part of the vision for his business to fund the kingdom of God. So not only is he and his family personally tithers, but his business is a tither. And his business gives to fund the kingdom of God. Well, see, what if 10 businessmen or 10 businesswomen had that kind of vision? Or 100? There would be no limits to what we could do. Just imagine the offering that could be received then when a missionary came or somebody like Tiff Shuttlesworth came. 
The Lord told my father, son, you never have any money because you never save any money. And you've heard him share, you've heard me share how saving money is not fun. Saving money is not exciting. And maybe some of us are more disciplined than others. I, I blame it on his side of the family, my, my grandma. You know, we get money in the pocket, it's like burning a hole. You want to spin it, get it, get it out as quick as possible. It's not fun to save. But over time, as you work God's plan, it yields great blessing. So you got to take action when? Today for a better tomorrow. Because there is a purpose to our prosperity, and that is the empowerment of God to be a blessing. So my father listened. He obeyed. He did what the Lord said do. He took action for a better tomorrow. And since my parents have been married, they've personally given away more than $7 million. But it doesn't happen without taking action today for a better tomorrow. So whatever place you're at in life, you've got to lift up your eyes and know God wants you to be a success. You've got to lift up your eyes and believe God for more and greater, but then begin taking action today for a better tomorrow. You know, Jessica and I, it's amazing what the Lord has done in the last few years. And like that young man shared with us, the Lord has brought us to a place where we now give away more in a year than what we used to make together. That is the blessing of God. But you'll never get there if you don't take action today for a better tomorrow. Say, I have to take action today for a better tomorrow. Say, God has need of my success. He does. The kingdom of God has need of your success. Your church has need of your success. There, there are missionaries and those that have never heard the gospel. They have need of your success. Your family has need of your success. Your children and grandchildren have need of your success. Every Christian generation should not have to start out from scratch. And young, young people come to me and they, they tell me that where they're at school, they're facing all of this, all of this trouble, all of this opposition, world pushing them around. The, the solution is to change schools, but changing schools costs what? So we have to lift up our eyes and believe God for more. Where we do what's right because it's what's right, not because of what it costs. And what makes that possible? Having more than enough. Having more than we need. God has need of your success. So like that young man, lift up your eyes and believe God for more. Lift up your eyes and believe God for greater. So to move from being in debt or in distress or discontented to a higher place in life, you've got to purpose your life together with a purpose that is higher than your own. And you've got to develop success motivation. Say, with the help of God, I'm going to set some goals. Say, with the help of God, I'm going to reach my goals. As long as the Lord tarries, God has great things for us to do. God has big things for us to do. God has great projects for us to fund, buildings to fund, missionary projects to fund, and I want to be a part. You want to be a part? So whatever your current circumstances, you have to lift up your eyes. You have to believe that God wants you to succeed, that he wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. And then in your life, your home, your family, your circumstances, your finances, you have to take action today for a better tomorrow. Lifting up your eyes, believing God, believing Him for more, taking action, 
And no, it won't all happen by Tuesday, but over time, as the months and years go by, you, you'll look back like that young man and be amazed at what God has done in your life, your home, your family. Let's end with Ephesians 3, 20. The Apostle Paul, our wonderful Heavenly Father, he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine in our lives. That's true in every area of our lives. We just have to believe him for more. We just have to believe him for greater. We have to believe in him. We also have to believe in ourselves. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads. You might be here today, and perhaps you'd say, Austin, I, I don't know the Lord. I don't have a relationship with God. Our wonderful Heavenly Father loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life. But it all begins with accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. The Bible is clear. There is a heaven to be gained, and there is a hell to be shunned and to be avoided. This world, it will lie to you. It will tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, you'll be in heaven someday, you'll be with God. This world, it'll lie to you, it'll tell you that you can come up with your own way to God. Friend, those are lies. Jesus said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Salvation can only be found in Jesus Christ. Hope, joy, eternal life can only be found in Jesus Christ. He is the answer. He is the Messiah. He is our Savior. You might be here today, and perhaps you've never given your life to him. That's you this morning. You say, Austin, I've never asked Jesus into my heart. I've never asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, but I, I want to. I need to. That's you this morning. Raise your hand high. Raise it clearly so I'll see it. I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I want to give him my life. You might also be here today, and at a time in your life, you prayed a prayer. You walked an aisle, but you, you know in your heart you've not been living for the Lord. You've been doing your own thing, and you have paid the price. The Bible says that the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful. He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can leave today knowing that you have peace with God. You can leave today knowing that you have a new beginning and a fresh start. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I need to recommit my life. Pray with me. I want to make sure things are right with God today. That's you wherever you're seated. Raise your hand high. Raise it clear so I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. You might be watching online. Say, Austin, pray with me. Whether you're watching online now or later listening, pray this simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. And I have paid the price. But I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I give him my life. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for a new beginning and a fresh start. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. I give you my life. 
In Jesus' name, amen. If you're watching and prayed that prayer with me, we want to be a blessing to you. Go to the address on the screen, fccarlington.com slash salvation. There's a short form to fill out. We don't want anything from you. We just want to be a blessing. We'll send you a copy of my father's book, God's Very Own Child. We'll send it to you in English or in Spanish. It'll help you get started in living the Christian life. You can also let us know if you need a Bible. We want to be a blessing to you. Well, I hope the message today was a blessing and encouragement to you. Amen. And again, we're, we're faith people. We're goal-oriented people. So what's normal amongst us is to be further down the road. What's normal amongst our family is to be further down the road. But don't beat yourself up. Don't be discouraged. Because if you're taking action, you're in a better place than if you weren't taking any action or if you were taking the wrong action. And then because we're faith people, we're, we're believing God. We're lifting up our eyes. And we're going to be further ahead at the end of this year and next year, as long as the Lord tarries, than we ever thought possible. Amen? Amen. Because we are full of faith, we're full of the love of God, and we realize that there is a purpose as to why God wants us to be blessed and He wants us to succeed. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.